Hello everybody and welcome to the Across the Stages podcast, brought to you by Absolute Motorsport Radio and also available on Absolute Motorsport TV. I'm James Casey and joining me as always is Joshua Sutil. Today we'll be discussing the Monte Carlo Rally, which saw an incredible fight between Sebastian Auger and Thierry Neuville. So the 2019 season is now underway and despite many many changes to where drivers are driving and uh, co-drivers and everything, one thing has not changed and that is that Sebastian Auger has got his season underway in Monte Carlo with a victory. His sixth Monte Carlo win in a row, uh, seventh overall and significantly the 100th win for Citroen and that's obviously in his first rally back with them but it wasn't easy for him not at all Thierry Neuville giving him an incredible fight throughout the rally and um, really tight in the end and what an incredible battle that was yeah it was really really good to see I mean I was worried at one point that OJ was just going to run away with it or even I think at one point Tanak maybe that that Toyota was going to be you know pretty much unstoppable this rally but you know Neville took the fight to OJ Neville has not had a good experience with Monty before this is actually his best result that he's ever got um, in Monte Carlo so to finish within 2.2 seconds of you know a guy that, like you said has won this six times in a row in three different cars uh, is pretty impressive. So yeah, I think it's a fantastic start to the season. It pretty much just confirms that this season is just going to be mega. You know, lots of different cars up there, three different cars in the top three, and really, I think we can say the three best drivers in in the sport right now. Uh, you know, we're on that podium. Definitely, mm, I think um, Tanak would have been really interesting to uh, see how he would have done had he not had uh, that problem with the puncture uh, on Friday. But for Ogier, I think. Um, Never seen him win Monty uh, with that much of a struggle, really. Uh, he's mm-hmm. always had it quite easy, to be honest, uh, on the last couple of days. But, um, of course, he was getting used to that Citroen and um, still not 100% comfortable with it, I reckon. But um, that's got to be definitely good signs that um, it worked across a pretty mixed conditions, Monty, because there was a little bit of snow in there at parts. So I think that's good signs uh, for him going forward. Absolutely. I mean, Monty has broken that Citroen, you know, pretty much for the past two years. So it was good for OJ was able to get to the end with only sort of minor issues. And uh, yeah, I mean, if anyone's going to be in that car for Monte Carlo, you know, you want the master of Monte Carlo. So yeah, I think it confirms that he can be competitive this year with Citroen um, and we are in for a really good fight. And uh, so we'll move on to uh, we'll move on to Tanak now then. Obviously, he had the problem on uh it was on friday wasn't it so he led on thursday night and had the puncture on friday which dropped him right down but then saturday a clean sweep of stage wins and a couple on sunday as well incredible pace from him but kind of an exact replica of that end of 2018 season isn't it really good pace but problems so toyota i think have got to get on top of that yeah definitely they definitely have i think this confirmed to me you know the fastest package overall um, but like we said, you know, it's not the reliability isn't quite there at the moment. But yeah, I mean, a really, really good recovery drive. You know, he seems to be a bit of a multi specialist as well, really. You know, this is his third podium in a row, once again up there. And like you said, I think without that problem, uh, you know, he'd probably be threatening Ogier. Yeah, I think it would have been hard to um, hard to fight against Tanak because obviously we had um, him kind of soaring through, didn't he, on that mm-hmm. um, final day past uh, Loeb and Latvala, which was quite interesting. Yeah, I mean, kind of pace. 
yeah, I mean, still a hall of points at least. You know, so he had those incidents last year, and he usually completely retire or only get power stage points. At least this time, you know, not too much damage done really in terms of the championship. You know, still plenty of points for, from this one. And um, Toyota in general looked pretty good, um, pace-wise, not just with Talent, but with Chris Meek as well. Um, I kind of said before the rally, um, I think this was probably my best prediction that I made. I said that Meek <laughs> would put in good times, but not quite get the um, the overall result. And um, he didn't get the overall result, but um, it wasn't his fault. It was um, the, the same problem as Tanek. Um, but yeah, really good, consistent pace uh, throughout the rally, wasn't it, from him? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, quite a surprise to see, maybe. But he seemed to fit, you know, straight in with Toyota. He does seem a bit of a different driver. I'm not going to get too ahead of myself yet. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that power stage win as well was was really, really good. He, he really took control of that one. And he walks away with the fourth most points, you know, despite only finishing the rally six overall. So, yeah, I think a really solid debut for Meek. And let's just hope that he can just build on this going forward. Because, uh, yeah, that was impressive for both him, you know, and the team as a whole. Yeah, just got to hope that things don't get tough. Because I think that's when, seemingly, I think he gets bogged down, doesn't he? When he has a couple of bad rounds, then it just spirals out of control. Maybe trying too hard to come back. But um, look really good. And obviously, he's got a new co-driver as well, and Seb Marshall. So, it all looks, at the moment, as you say, Let's not get ahead of ourselves, but really good for Meek. So um, hopefully uh, that continues. And as you say, good good haul of points, actually. It was uh, 13 he got out of that. So I think, well yeah, and I think Tommy Mackinnon as well kind of understands him, you know, within that kind of driver approach. I think he maybe has a better relationship with the team than from what we saw at Citroen. It seems a bit of a closer one, a more sort of personal one than the sort of maybe colder management at Citroen. So, yeah, I, I'm optimistic, but uh, like you say, Let's hold our breath for now. And um, we'll finish off now with our, well, not finish off, um, but like our last two finishers who were WRC runners were uh, Loeb and Latvala. And um, for me, I think that um, overall these two will be pretty disappointed with their rally um, in terms of pace. I know that Loeb was definitely um, towards the end, but um, at least they got there to the finish, looked pretty under control and solid. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It was always going to be tough for Loeb, I think, doing Dakar. Um, I think he had like one day of testing on tarmac or something like that. So it wasn't ideal preparation. Uh, but yeah, he did, he did a good job. I think, like you say, he'll be disappointed to not get a podium. But realistically, uh, I think he'd be pretty happy with fourth. Good points as well for obviously Hyundai after what happened to one of their other drivers, which we'll, we'll come on to in a moment. But uh, yeah, I think he, he won't be too too disheartened with that. We'll, we'll see what he can do in Sweden. Uh, and yeah, Latvler as well in fifth. He just seemed to go off the pace, didn't he, a bit? He seemed to have sort of decent pace early on, but then kind of faded from. Mm. I, I think I agree with Loeb. I think I think it would have been, uh, quite frankly, stupid for anyone to suggest that he could have won this rally. Not <laughs> not not that I did that before the rally, <laughs> but no, I think it. We did kind of, um, or sorry, I did um, kind of think that he would be able to get past the the testing, but it is a big change for him. Um, but yeah, so those were the six runners that finished. Then we had um, the other. Um, five um, who ran into problems. All three of the M Sport cars, Sinanen on Thursday night crashed. Um, didn't lose, so he only got um, about 14 minutes of penalty, so he almost got back into the points by the end, but um, didn't quite. Uh, Pontus Tiedemann had problems on Saturday. Um, 
and missed out there, but he was quite slow anyway because he was just getting used to the car. And Evans had a big crash on Saturday, which was a, a bit of a weird one. So uh, a real shame for M-Sport. No drivers doing the whole event is uh, is pretty disappointing, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, one point away from this weekend, you know, courtesy of Sunnan's uh, power stage performance. Sunnan, I think, was probably, I'd say, the strongest of the three. I mean, Evans is supposed to be the team leader now, but like you say, that was uh, a pretty big off. I think disappointing as well for Tiedemann because he was taking it steady, learning the car, so you'd hope he'd manage to get to the finish. He could have slotted in in seventh, but, uh, you know, like I said, unfortunately had an incident. So, yeah, <laughs> disaster, I think. We'll to, uh, they're going to sweep this one under the carpet and come back strong. I think both, I think all three drivers will be pretty strong in Sweden, really. They, I think all three of them like the event. So, hoping for better, I think. I mean, it, it, it can't really get any worse. I think there was there was at least signs there, wasn't there? Evans yeah. did a few good stages. Sunan, yeah. as you said, I think he was the strong, definitely the, the strongest driver quite comfortably. It's a real shame he had those mm. problems on Thursday because I think he would have been in a, in a pretty good spot at an event that shouldn't really suit him. But yeah, didn't get the result, unfortunately. Uh, and then our other two drivers who ran into problems was uh, Esipakalapi, who had um, he had the same problem as Tiedemann. He had suspension damage um, just from a I can't even remember what happened. I think he just slightly clipped something. Um, so quite unlucky. And then when he restarted, he had the engine failure on the first stage back on Saturday, which is a shame. Uh, and then um, Andres Mikkelsen, who crashed at the end of a stage, literally just going across the finish line. Um, but um, I suppose we didn't get to see much of Lappy, but Mikkelsen was doing quite well, wasn't he, before that crash? Yeah, I think that's the uh, I think the worst thing about it, really, isn't it? Because uh, he was actually showing decent pace. You know, we have seen this before, and then it all sort of goes wrong anyway. So, again, uh, I'm not going to get my hopes up, but it was a, a solid start. Uh, the impact was pretty solid as well, yeah. Pretty, <laughs> pretty clumsy, really, from Mickelson. Uh, maybe just taking a, a lapse in concentration. I don't really know, but, uh, yeah, not a good start for either of them. And Lappy, like you say, we didn't really see anything from him because uh, his rally was over pretty quickly. So um, I suppose at least Mickelson's got the the signs of uh, improvement uh, pace-wise, but uh, he does need to start getting results. He can't yeah. can't say all the pace has improved unless he's proving it uh, with. Because miles. yes, talk will will quickly sort of turn to next year and, and the driver market. Uh, we we know his contract is up at the end of the year, and we know that there's quite a few drivers wanting a seat. So yeah, it's uh, diff difficult times. So. Let's go back to um, people who did well. <laughs> uh, we're down to seventh now overall, and that was Gus Greensmith. So uh, we don't usually see the WRC2 runners this high, but he was seventh overall. The first ever win in the new WRC2 Pro uh, Championship. And um, although he didn't have much competition, um, with uh, Robin Perra crashing on Thursday, three kilometers in so that was his only drive and right into the back of Sunderland as well <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you just... saw the video but it went yeah, yeah. It's, yeah but... it's quite a good fan video uh, but yeah, yeah Sunderland kind of in the ditch wasn't he and then Ryan mm -hmm. Perra followed him hit the back of him but um so yeah we've seen that before haven't we? I think it was Kvitsa was uh, down there he hit someone always was trapped doesn't he we, we see that it only happens in Monty but yeah uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah good uh, but a, a really really good rally I think from from Greensmith we probably weren't expecting too much from prior to the season but maybe he'll be the one that could be consistent. He'll be the one that can get it to the end, pick up wins, and maybe sort of rival Rogan Perra, um, who obviously, if equal, if everything's equal, obviously Rogan Perra's going to win that one. But if he's thrown it off the road, then Greensmith, you know, might have a chance this year. And it is a bit of a shame how things have worked out, because I think even though Greensmith didn't have any 
competition in WRC2 Pro, he beat all of the normal WRC2 yeah. guys. He was yeah. the fastest in the RC2 class. So he earned his 25 points, I yes, think. I would say so. Yeah, definitely. He got that's 18 definitely points for nothing, which is a bit annoying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a good recovery drive, though. He's put, he's put yeah. some decent times. Um, well, who do we have second then? We have Renato in second in the, in the Citroën. Stefan Sarazan was third. You know, well, what do you make of the rest of the sort of R5 field? Yeah, I think that's um, plenty of locals, wasn't it, really? Uh, so that's mm-hmm. three three Frenchmen finishing off the top <laughs> ten. Uh, Gulami de Mevius was doing quite well as well. But yeah. crashed on the last day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think... had a sort of, you know, a bit meh debut, sort yeah. of. Yeah, I think with Katsuta, it's, it's, I, I can't really pick out many events that he'll be that competitive at, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, next because... round in Sweden. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and outside of that, not going to be that many. Because there will always be, with this new structure of WRC2 Pro and WRC2, there should be more local drivers like there was here. And yeah, Bonasso, Sarazan, Formo local drivers doing well tough to compete against those kind of guys which is good to see i guess i think formo especially i think out of those three i think he was really mm-hmm. impressive just because he i don't think he has quite the experience levels as you know someone like sarazan or bonato so yeah good job and so i think he's a complete like private entry pretty much as well so yeah good job from him and we didn't see too many so those three drivers i was just sarazan wasn't actually entered in wrct was he mm-hmm. um no. so uh, but Bernardo and Fulmer unlikely, I would imagine, to do a full season. So, it's so complicated, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so I think Vaby, Vaby was probably the highest placed WRC two runner that's going to do a good, uh, going to do a full season. So he'll probably be quite happy with third. But he had a reasonably tough rally, didn't he? Yeah, I didn't quite. He was my sort of uh, pre-rally tip, but uh, yeah, once again, did not go Vaby's way. <laughs> but yeah, at least he, he got um, something out of that. So um, interesting to see. Ho- I'm hoping that this. WRC2 Pro thing does start working because it was a bit of a shame with only two people in WRC2. Well, we had Bernardo, didn't we, just pulling out after yeah, right after we recorded the preview pretty much. Yeah, he, he swapped. So he swapped from WRC2 Pro to WRC2, which is a bit weird. I don't know why. Worked out, worked out for him. <laughs> well, he won it now, yeah. <laughs> so, he won it. But yeah, I am hoping that that works out a little bit better next time because it is uh, a tad confusing. But yeah, um, so yeah, that's all from uh, Monte Carlo. And uh, we'll be back uh, ahead of Sweden, which is going to be an interesting one because there's um, plenty of uh, different entrants that we will talk about in that preview. Lots of uh, uh, privateers, which is good to see, and uh, a few interesting faces that will be returning. So that will be a good one, and that's uh, in mid-February. So a little bit of a a wait, a couple of weeks, but... um, that should be a good one, a cracking start to the season, and I'm sure the rest of 2019 is going to be just as interesting. Thank you very much for listening today, and we will see you for that Sweden preview. Goodbye. <laughs>